0: Welcome to Make Me Your Voice with Pastor David Bartowell. These messages are intended to deepen your faith and trust in a living God who speaks to us with hope and reason. Today's message comes to us from the Gate Christian Bible Church in Orange County, California.
1: Thank you for joining us today. This is weird times, I'm telling you. I've never experienced anything like this. Many people haven't, but You know, what are we going to learn through this? That's the question. You know, there's a lot of choices that we can make in life. We can decide certain things like where we live and what street we live on, who we marry, where we work. But some things we really can't change. Those are the things that we have to trust God in. But what we can do, especially during a pandemic, is what is God teaching us? That's the question. For me, and I think for all of us, especially believers who know that God works everything out for the good of those who love Him or are called according to His purpose. So what is God teaching us? That's the question. So I'm gonna ask you some questions to choose different things. There's a choice. Sometimes they call it would you rather? Here's some questions. Would you rather during a pandemic have clean running water or toilet paper? During a pandemic, would you rather watch the Lion King or the Tiger King? Now, to some serious questions. Would you rather read your Bible or read your Twitter feed? Would you rather listen to a sermon or listen to the news? Would you rather be with your church family or be by yourself? Would you rather sing the praises of God Or sing the praises of people? Would you rather pray? Or would you rather worry? Would you rather live? Or would you rather die? The questions that we have before us, as Israel did, are we going to choose life? And are we going to learn how important life is in the body of Christ during this time? Because I miss being with you. I was watching TV the other day, and I saw a show of people who were in a restaurant, they're having fun or anything, and it makes me realize I I miss those things. God is teaching us stuff. Now, I came to realize that life is not found in my Twitter feed or my Facebook posts. It's not found by watching the news. It's not found by being myself. Life is found in Christ and is experienced by being with you. And I miss being with you. God gives everyone a choice. And he wants us to choose life. Because God is pro-life. He's the giver of life. And he wants us to choose life. So let's go through and learn about the facts of life today. First of all, life is a choice. So we're in the end of Deuteronomy. And Moses is ending his long speech. Because basically Deuteronomy is a very long speech. Preparing Israel for the entry into the promised land. But sadly, an entire generation were dying off because they didn't believe God and they didn't get to enter the promised land. They worried instead of prayed. They complained instead of being grateful for what they had. And this is very convicting to me. Speaking of being convicted, I read something this past week that was extremely convicting and I believe true. It starts off by saying in just three short months, I think it's weeks actually, God has taken away everything we worship. God said, you want to worship athletes, I'll shut down the stadium. You want to worship musicians, I'll shut down the civic centers. You want to worship actors, I'll shut down the theaters. You want to worship money, I'll shut down the economy and collapse the stock market. You don't want to go to church and worship me, I'll make it where you can't go to church. And then it goes on to quote from the great verse, if my people are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways and I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sins and will heal their land. Maybe we don't need a vaccine. Maybe we need to take this time of isolation from the distractions of the world and have a personal revival where we focus on the only thing in the world that matters, Jesus Christ. It's time for the church to turn our hearts back to Jesus and pray. Because here's the thing, We got to learn. God is disciplining us. He disciplines those whom he loves. So this is a good thing, but it doesn't feel good right now. But what can come out of it? What are you going to do about it? Are you not going to learn? I want to learn. I don't want to be like the Israelites and wander another 40 years in the desert. I want to get out of the desert. This is a corporate thing, but it's personal. Revival start in the heart of the believer. So God is speaking to us. Will you listen? Will you learn? When this is over, are you going to go back to the way it was? Or are you going to go back to the way it should be? In Deuteronomy 30, 19, that's why God says, This day I call the heavens and the earth as witnesses against you that I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Now choose life so that you and your children may live. Choose life. So here's the choices. Life or death. Blessings or curses. Now, if you choose life, you get the blessings. If you choose death, you get the curses. So according to God in his message to Israel, what is my prerogative with regards to choosing life? Well, he says that in Deuteronomy thirty twenty. this is what my part is. To love the Lord God. Read that with me. Loving the Lord God by obeying his voice and by holding fast to him. Those three things. Love the Lord God. Obey him and hold fast to him because he's all we got. Now, will you like me admit that that's not what I was doing? I've fallen short. I wasn't loving God with all my heart personally, and this is what I'm convicted in, I want you to ask God, what is it that I need to let you work on, Lord, as far as loving you? For me, I was loving studying about God more than loving God. How about obeying him? Instead of obeying him, instead of obeying his voice, I was drowning out his voice with noise. Instead of holding fast to him, I was holding fast to the things of the world. Here's the thing. I got caught up with idols instead of being caught up with Jesus. So I have a choice. Will I learn what he's teaching me? Or will I end up like the unbelieving Israelites? Secondly, and this is how you choose life. You choose life by choosing Jesus. That's how you get life. Hopefully you've all done that. If not, you got to do that because nothing else matters. You can have all the toilet paper in the world. (laughs) Like I said last week, we don't need more TP. We need more JC. Jesus said, I am the way. Read it with me. I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So here's the thing. If Jesus' word is true, which it is, then there's no other way to get to God except through Jesus. And he's the life. You know, in Matthew chapter 7, Jesus gives us two choices. He said, you can enter through the narrow gate, which leads to life, or you can enter through the wide gate, which leads to death. He goes on to say, many people choose the wide gate. Not many people choose the narrow gate. If you choose the wide gate, which many people choose entering the wide gate, because it's easier. Guess where it ends up? It gets smaller and smaller and smaller until it leads to eternal death. But if you do the other one, if you enter the narrow gate, guess what? It opens up. It keeps going, going to eternal life. So choose Jesus, because life is Jesus. Death is no Jesus. So if you know Jesus, you know life. Jesus is eternal life. Death outside of Jesus is eternal death. There's no gray area. Either life or death. No one has life outside of Jesus. If there's one thing we should learn, most importantly, there's no life outside of Jesus. But in Christ is eternal life. So how do I choose life? Choosing life begins with repentance. Choosing life begins with repentance. In Acts 3.19, it says, Repent and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out, that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. Listen to this. Turning to God, God can't force anyone to turn. Okay, that's your choice. And God can't force you to repent. Now, let me talk about repentance because we get confused. First of all, what repentance is not. Let me tell you what it's not. Repentance is not getting your life together. Ain't going to happen. Repentance is not cleaning up your act. Ain't going to happen. Repentance is not trying to be good enough. Ain't gonna happen. Repentance is not doing a bunch of good things hoping that God will like you. Ain't gonna happen. Here's repentance in a sentence repentance is stop believing what I think is true and start believing in what God says is true. Stop believing in what I think is true. And start believing in what God says is true. And the very first act of repentance that a person makes is to stop believing the lies and start believing the truth of how God says to be saved. So your first very act of repentance is to believe that Jesus Christ is the only way. Think about that. What has to change? There has to be a change for that to happen, right? Well, what has to change is that all the stuff you used to believe, you have to unbelieve. All that stuff, all the lies, all the religious anecdotes that someone said you got to do these five things, these ten things, all the false teaching, and you got to unbelieve all that and believe what God says is true. And it comes down to that choice because here's the bottom line. Jesus says... Whoever believes in him, and he's speaking third person, me, the son of God, is not condemned. Hallelujah, right? If you believe in Jesus Christ, you're not condemned. But whoever does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only son of God. So repentance is choosing to believe God. Next, repentance through faith leads to deliverance. When I place my faith in Christ, I am delivered from death to life. Now, in Plato's Republic, he talks of a cave. And there's three prisoners in the cave. And they're shackled up with no escape. And they stare all day long at a stone wall with hopelessness. And one day... One of the prisoners escapes into the real world and he's shocked by what he sees, begins to realize that, hey, it's light out here, it's not dark. Everything I used to believe is wrong. And he begins to understand about this new world, a world filled with light and beauty and he gets so excited, he goes, I can't wait to go tell my body's in the cave. So he runs back to the cave and he tells him about this new world, this world of being free from captivity. And much to his surprise, the prisoners weren't interested. They didn't believe the freed person. He thought he was nuts. And they even got angry and threatened to kill him. Because they only knew the cave. They only knew imprisonment. And they rejected life. Now, Plato's allegory of the cave describes our world today. Many people are locked up to false belief systems, a worldview that's wrong, it's based on lies. Freedom awaits, but the prisoners will not accept outside the cave as real. Truth from outside the cave challenges their entire belief system. And they'd rather not believe the truth and just stay locked up in the cave. They'd rather believe a lie than the truth. They would rather stay in the darkness, looking at shadows, and not step out into the light Of the life that is found in Jesus Christ. They reject life. Jesus came to deliver you out of that cave of death. In a couple weeks, we'll be talking more about that. When Jesus rose from the dead, he came out of the tomb. He doesn't want you in there anymore. But you got to choose life. The Bible says that Jesus Christ has delivered us. From the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Raise your hand if you have redemption and forgiveness of sins in Jesus Christ. He rescued you out of the cave. He rescued you out of the tomb, out of darkness, and brought you into the kingdom of light and the kingdom of life. And that's what happens when you choose Jesus. Next, deliverance leads to eternal life and eternal hope. Raise your hand if you need hope. If this world needs hope, do we need hope? We need the hope to cope. Guess what? We have the hope. The other day I saw a rainbow again, and it was not even raining, and it was like God was just telling me, look, everything's going to be fine. I love the song, somewhere over the rainbow, skies are blue. That melody by itself is just amazing. But that song is a song of a hope. Or how about the sun will come out tomorrow? Hey, listen, today might be bad, but tomorrow's going to be great. You know, it's like they say there's always a Friday that has to come before a Sunday. But here's the thing what are we going to learn in those three days, or three weeks, or three months? What is God teaching us? I thank God for the medical community, for the first responders, for I pray for them. I thank God that we have smart people in the world that develop vaccines. But listen, if God were not involved with that, that would never happen. God is the giver of grace. Everything that man can do is a gift from God. But thank God for the people that are gifted that way. But listen, if that's all my hope is in, whether they develop a vaccine, that's not hope. That's not eternal hope. My hope is beyond this life. My hope is that there's a better life. Like Abraham who wandered around. Like, why are you taking me through this? Why are you telling me to sacrifice my only son? Why did you tell me to leave my family and follow you? And the Bible says that he didn't see the promised land on this side of eternity. But he sees it now. That's the hope that we need. And once you take that step out of that cave, and you choose life over death, you will receive eternal life in Christ Jesus. In Ephesians 1, it says that you were included in Christ, and here's how, when you heard, and it's a participle, so and it's a, it's a past tense participle, so it could very well read, you were included in Christ after hearing the message of truth. The gospel of your salvation. When you believed, another past tense participle. So after believing, you were marked in him with a seal. So you believed and you received. Who did you receive? The promised Holy Spirit. Now think about that. How did that happen? You believed. That's how it happened. You didn't have to do a bunch of stuff. You believe in Jesus Christ. You receive the Holy Spirit who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of His glory. It's all about His glory. Everything that happens should be about His glory. Eternal hope is a byproduct of eternal life which only comes through Jesus Christ and receiving His Spirit by faith in Christ. You know, we've learned during this pandemic that nothing in this life, all the things we relied on can be taken away. But guess what? God's Spirit will never be taken away from those who believe. That's why Paul could write so boldly, for I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor demons, nor the present, nor the future, nor any powers, nor height, nor death, no virus, nor anything in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. That is the hope to cope. And last, eternal life leads to spirit power. Eternal life leads to spirit power. When you receive God's spirit, you receive God's power. Now, who is your favorite superhero? I don't think I look like this person that much, but people walk up to me all the time, and they go, and I'm not kidding. I mean, I could be out somewhere, and they go, hey, you ever a you you look like Tony Stark? I'm like, who's Tony Stark? You know, the guy, uh, Iron Man. But here's the thing. Iron Man possesses a wealth of powers, Through his powered armor suit, these powers include super strength, the ability to fly, durability, and a number of weapons. But guess what? Iron Man's suit wears out. And it needs to be recharged or he will die. This suit wears out. Even though I have the Spirit of God and you have the Spirit of God through faith in Christ, this suit wears out. That's why God says there's a new suit. That's awaiting you upon Christ's return. How does our suit get recharged? By the spirit of God. The spirit of God comes in our life and makes us a new creation. We are new in Christ. Yes, we have the old suit. But we're recharged inside. We're regenerated in Christ. We've become new. And a new power Dwells in us. That's how we can have the hope to cope. We let the Spirit of God take over our life. You know, I've been talking about a lot of Spirit, right? The Holy Spirit. If you're a believer, you have the Holy Spirit. But here's the question Does the Holy Spirit have you? That's what we should learn. Because we have the Spirit, and I think we take for granted all the things that we're blessed with until they're taken away. And it's for our good to learn what's important. I want you to receive life. There's a man named Don Giuseppe Baradelli. He's an Italian priest, and he's 72 years old when he contracted the coronavirus. He died on March 16th, but not before he gave his ventilator away to a younger patient who he said needed it more than him. See, Don Giuseppe had the hope to cope because he knew he was going to a better place. We need to give our ventilator away. We need to give our life away for Christ. He gave his life for us. He wants us to give our life away. Is there not greater gift, as Jesus said, than laying your life down for your friend? He laid his life down for his enemies, which we were. What an incredible thing. So to choose life is not just to keep it to ourselves; It's to give it away. And even when we're separated, God has a plan. And when we come back together, can we make a decision today to not go back to the way it was, but go back to the way it should be? Lord, thank you for giving us a second chance by your grace. During this time, there's so much that We need to learn. I need to learn. Thank you, Lord, that you're willing to teach me. You're willing to teach us. Lord, the things that were taken away aren't as important as you. But I'll tell you why. Second to you is the church. Because without the church, I just don't feel alive. I need to be with my church. So I just pray, Lord, that we'll come back together soon. But until then, Lord, May we have the hope to cope because we do. Without the Spirit of God, we've been recharged. But Lord, may the Holy Spirit have us. We give you the glory because without you, Lord, we'd be still in the cave. But with you, we are in the light with forgiveness of sins and redemption by the blood of Jesus Christ. In his name we pray. Amen.
0: Pastor David Bartowell's message reminds us that God speaks to us with hope and reason. So that we can be his voice in this world. Please join us again for Make Me Your Voice, a ministry of the Gate Christian Bible Church in Orange County, California. We would love to have you join us for a Sunday service. For more information or to find our location, please visit thegatecbc.com.